recording. <laughs> we are. We are recording. We, we are recording. We are. We are recording. We are recording. We are. We are recording. We are recording. We are. We are recording. We. 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 The Venga boys are coming. <laughs> That's so nineties, isn't it? Mm. Could you have a more nineties? The only the only songs that are more nineties than that are. And I'm a pin cat now, Joe. I've been ready a long time ago. Ready to come from, ready to go. Ready to come from, got now, Joe. And Saturday night, pretty baby. Party Get the guitar out and everything, just like, just turn uh, this whole entire Pandora's box episode into just one massive jam yeah. of like nineties tunes. Why not? We have a work experience um, uh, girl in the studio today Kira. as well, Kira. Kira, so, so, uh, have no fear. Have no fear, Kira. But she's here. she's looking now like, what are these guys on? What are yeah. they doing? <laughs> I think she. Um, it's probably an interesting experience for Kira to be with us for mm. a couple of days. Mm. Probably a bit different than um, everything else she's been doing in the company. Yeah. Um, to be honest. Bit um, accounting. Yeah, she's been doing a bit of accounting, been working with this little program called Zero and all that stuff. And then suddenly she's with me in, in the madhouse. In Drupert. <laughs> and um yeah, we've played uh, lots of metal tunes um yesterday. And yeah, we're just she's just sat there watching us do weird Venga Boys <laughs> renditions and stuff. But as long are you happy, Kira? Yeah? yeah. Is it all good? Ah, it's good. It's all right, she's nodding everyone. Yeah. I, pr- I promise. <laughs> she's nodding. Anyway, you are listening to Pandora's Box, Nationalweight Radio. I am your host as always, Mr. Callum Waiter is my name, in fact. Hey, a penny whistle. Mm. Today, to the right of me, we have to put the bear. He wanders through life without but a care. He he comes to and fro with his mighty bow. Where I found my mighty he... bow the other day. Oh, did you? Mm. Your Hungarian recurve yeah. bow. And I didn't realise as well. I had some um um I had some like fiberglass arrows or I think it's fiberglass, like oh. the material that it's made out of. That is correct, sir. And um yeah, because I had some wooden ones before and they all snapped the ones we yeah, had. Yeah, they're years far ago. more fragile, aren't mm. they? But I've got some fiberglass ones, but I've never used them yet, so I've restrung mm. my bow. I've never used a fiberglass arrow. No. Because I don't they're think they sharp on the end, they're like hunting mm. arrows, I think, but What's like? Um, what's the what's the tip like? That's what she like, said. Like pointed, like like a savage, like savagely pointed. Yeah, yeah like if you shot that at someone, that it'd go in. Yeah, yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> yeah, because um, like the the practice. Well, I say like practice. I don't know if they're official. I think they are practice ones actually. It's more like the tip is more like the, I can describe it almost like a, like a like a like a handgun bullet. Mm, Whereas mm. obviously you can get ones which look lethal, like yeah, really this is sharp. Pointed. It's almost like a little divot and then goes into like a really sharp point. Yeah, because. They, you know, you can get ones that are like almost like a, mm. like almost like a triangle, can't you? Mm. Like a like a non-equilateral triangle. Mm. What's it called when it's a like barb. two sides are the same, but then one mm. side's short? Can you remember? You have uh, 
Oh, this course is Socrates. This is going back now. Do you know what I have? Literally, haven't thought about this. I don't think since we would have been like in school. Because mm. mm. there's three types of triangles, isn't there? Yeah. There's equilateral triangle, which is when all the sides are the same. Yeah. Kira knows because she's in school at the oh. moment, so she, this is fresh. On. It's all right. You're not mic'd up. What, which one? What's is it, it called when it's two sides of the same? Huh? Isosceles. Isosceles. Not to be confused with isosages. <laughs> isosages. And what's it called when they're all different lengths? Can you remember? Yeah, well, they're all lengths. they're all triangles, Kira. When, what, when they're all different lengths. Yeah, so mm. equilateral is all sides are the same. So uh, you, I remember it, you a, would think your right angle, your stereotypical well. triangle mm. would be mm. an equilateral one. Mm. We are talking about the, the the points of an of an arrow that mm-hmm. we're talking about is isosceles, is, <laughs> isosceles, <laughs> and then. But you know, you could get like a triangle that would be like say, um, one side would say be nine centimeters. Yeah. The bottom would be four centimetres, mm. and then the other one would be like three centimetres. Yeah, yeah. So that was so that would be a that's a, that would have an, its own name, but I can't mm. remember. I mean, I couldn't remember isosceles either. Was Roger. It, it's called a Roger 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 to the pod. Yeah, she's See? a friend of the pod. So, Bullwinkle is not here um, this week. Pull, pull the mic a little bit closer to you, Kira. Mm-hmm. No, no, you, no pressure. It just means that whenever you say scaling or eye sausages, <laughs> that we can actually hear you. <laughs> All right, come on. Don't, it's not going to bite. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Um, yeah, Bullwinkle is in Greece, mm. um, li- eating lots of chachik. No, actually, sorry. I apologise to the Greek people out there. That's what the Turkish people call it. They call it in Greece. They call it um, tzatziki. Tzatziki, mm. delicious. You know, mm. it's like that sort of like the yogurty, minty, kind of, cucumbery, oh, so garlicky, good. like mayo so dip. Good. Oh. Actually, yeah. Like, yeah, is it like mint? I think they make it with Greek yogurt, actually. Yeah, I think it's yogurt. Yeah, it's like yogurt and mint and mm. garlic and, and cucumber. cucumber. Oh. Oh, and it is oh, it is dang good. That with some like fresh bread that's just been baked, like some oh. Greek bread. Oh yeah, baby. Ooh, 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 ooh. I have to, I'd say that that sort of um that type of Mediterranean cuisine, that like Greek and Turkish food, is oh it's hard to beat mm. it. What's it like a gyros as well, like a chicken gyros? They're amazing chicken Greek. Gyros, They're like just these amazing like wraps, like chicken wraps, like a Greek ooh. kebab. Ooh. Uh, it's just Such yeah, called a chicken gyros. They're so good as they're, well. They're really known for their lamb dishes as well, aren't they? Mm. Um, in in that sort of part of the Mediterranean, that part of the Med. Um, part of the Med. Many a nice lamb dish. In um, I went oh one of my favourite holidays. Ever been on actually um yeah the last time i went to the mediterranean went to crete in 2019 and uh oh so good i love i like lo- i love the greek people in general and i love greece i love because i as there's probably a lot of people that are long-time listeners know i'm obviously a big fan of my history and let's face it you're hard-pressed to beat the history of the greeks i mean to be fair to the greeks back when um you know our ancestors um, would have been sort of like living in little mud huts, you know, chasing deers around the forest with our with our nadras out. <laughs> Greeks would have already been there, you know, developing mathematics, beautiful pantheons, um, you know, science, you know, g- great philosophy mm. and everything like that. So, you know, fair shout to the Greeks. I really mm. respect that, you know. Mm. Um Akathera mechanism. We talked a little bit about that oh, before. Was you that know, that clock thing. It's the world's oldest ever computer. Mm. Ah, they yes. found it. They found it. I think it was just off the coast oh. of Egypt, but so it was in the a bottom Rome, of the sea, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. in a Roman vessel, and I think the Romans must have found it or something. But it was a Greek. 
a Greek mechanism, yeah, the Akathera mechanism. We need to talk about that more in depth on a Pandora's box mm. one day. I've, it's, every now and again, it comes to me, and I think, right, I need to like hone my my research, mm. you know, because I know that I know the ba- basic facts, but I, and I know that it was like used to chart the stars and things like that. Like it was like had like yeah, what its uses were. Yeah, yeah. crazy. I mean, yeah, I know that's what it was. It was mainly like an astronomical tool, mm. but apparently it was like ridiculously um, precise. Ri- yes, mm. ridiculously precise. Mm. It's cool. Isn't the it? only um, Greek island I've been to is um, is Kos. Oh, yeah. I went years ago on holiday with uh, my mum and sisters. Like, we was that the one when you, little, little you had, like, we all had braids? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, actually, I don't think it was. No, that was Dominican Republic. Ah, uh, Dominican Republic. I've been yeah. to the Dominican Republic as well. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember cool. it that well. I was quite young. I remember yeah. it was like ridiculously hot though. Yeah, I remember our at the Dominican Republic, our resort was like right on a beach, and you could mm. just like go straight onto the beach, and there was like loads of ladies doing yeah, like the braids, oh. and I got my my hair braided, and then they would put um where I had long hair, but they they'd like put little tin foil bits at the mm. end to like keep the braids in, mm. and um I went into the sauna. Uh, mm. And I had all like like quite like long hair with the braids coming down with these little bits of metal on the end where from the foil and you can mm. imagine in the sauna like sweating it being so hot and then I turn it and just be like like, oh. Oh, oh, like all the little bits of metal would just be like burning my skin and that it was oh, like crazy savage, man. That yeah. sounds savage. that doesn't sound very fun no but yeah I think when, I think um, Dominican Republic might have been one of the hottest places I've ever been to. Mm. I don't know if it's always like that or if it was just especially hot like the week that the, yeah. the couple of but I, I think... don't remember it being like insanely hot when I went mm. there like I remember like going to Kazakhstan and that being like 42 degrees and oh. stuff and that was just like mad that's mad mm. yeah I think it was sort of like averaged like 36, 37, 38 degrees every day in Dominican Republic when I was there mm. but I don't know if it was like an especially hot week because saying that I mean probably actually one of the hottest countries I've ever been to obviously it's not necessarily countries but holidays I've ever been to was actually just when I went to um, um, Calamalor and Calabona Calamalor. in Spain, Spain just in okay. Spain yeah. but it just so happened there was like a heat wave in Spain mm. and obviously Spanish summers are like hotter than English summers anyway um, and it was like 40 degrees every day mm. and that was like intense man like, mm. you know, for a, for, a, for a milky freckly lad like myself a, cr- a, a child of the snow you got two tones, white or burnt. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm not really. I mean, I, I do think that as I'm getting older, my Your skin is getting more a, resilient, a, a bit more hardy. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like ever so slightly. But I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I would be foolhardy to spend too much time out mm. in in like even like you know it's not re- like re- ridiculously hot mm. like you know today. But, but it's, it's it's like even like today. Do you know what I mean? Like the sun's out mm. and it is hot. It is very hot. Like. If I spent too many hours out in this, I would definitely burn. Mm. I'd love to get like a real good tan back. Like I haven't had yeah. like a proper tan for years. I haven't been on like a proper holiday mm. like that where you'd stay for like two weeks on a resort or something. Yeah. Four years. Like yeah. everyone that I've been on recently, like the last say ten years, has been like you go and you're kind of doing a bit of stuff. I've never been like I've, I haven't been mm. just like just chilling and and ca- catching sun and that. You They're know? great holidays. I yeah, say. I yeah, it's, I'm, it's, I'm due one. It's mm-hmm. um. It's good for the soul. Mm. Good, good <laughs> for know? the soul, just to relax and take the sun into your body. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. That that I think that's like that holiday I said I went on in Crete. That was very much like that. It was just all like mental and physical relaxation. I mean, saying that, you know, I mean, I was working out and swimming like every single day. Whew, you madman. But like, I was still, um, and I was probably like walking a couple of miles every day as well. But it was like I think because 
you are in such a mentally good place, your body doesn't feel like aches the same way. Mm. Like physical aches. Do you know I mean like mm. everything about it was like, you know, I mean, I wasn't doing any cooking while I was there. I was doing no dishes. Do you know what I mean? It was like it was all just eating delicious food, chilling out by the sea. I'd go swimming in the sea like hours every day. Mm. Love swimming in the sea. You know, um, under the water, all excited, chasing little interesting looking <laughs> fish. You know, going and getting nice looking shells from the bottom of the ocean. Mm. Oh, gone too far. My ears are starting to hurt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, tinnitus. <laughs> I was so young um, on the uh, Dominican Republic holiday mm. that I couldn't even use the gym. I remember it had yeah. this beautiful yeah. gym there, and I was like, oh, I think I was, I was, I was just, you know, I think you had to be like, I think you might even have to be eighteen or something to actually yeah, go maybe, in the gym. Or probably sixteen. Or sixteen, probably, yeah. yeah. And I wasn't even. Um, I wasn't even that old. So that was how long it was. Yeah, I, rem- I remember I used to get really frustrated when I was little because whenever we'd go on, on holiday, my dad, or not even on holiday, sometimes I'd just go, I'd go to this place called the Webbington, um, which is just in, in Somerset County. And um, yeah, I'd always, I'd, my dad would always try and almost like sneak me in. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just so I could almost just, I mean, I wouldn't even, it's not like I'd go in there and suddenly be like, you know. Like uh, you know, what's his name? Bench pressing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what's his name in freaking Rambo? You know, like uh, you know, like who um, you know, the big Russian guy. He's not Russian in real oh, life. He's know. played by that um, Dolph Lundgren. Mm. What's his name? Is it like Ivan Dra- Ivan Drago? It's not like I'd suddenly go in there and be Ivan Drago, but like as a eight year old. Mm-hmm. But I was. It'd be nice, almost just like taking the atmosphere, mm. and then maybe do like a couple of little curls with like the six kilo dumbbells when I'd be like you know like a little kid, but um. They'd yeah, all, I do remember sometimes. They'd always usher you off. Yeah, come in and like, sorry, kids aren't allowed in there. And then my old man would almost like, act like he was like, going, oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> like, oh, go swimming pool and I'll catch up with you in a bit, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it was um, yeah. I, I, there's something so nice about that, though. I think like when you do go to that sort of resort, as I said, like when I went to Crete, do you know what I mean, it'd be like right by the sea, beautiful turquoise sea, and then there was like an indoor pool, and then the the gym was right next to the indoor pool, and it was a really nice hotel gym because. A lot of the time, hotel gyms are like really not very good. Mm, Do you mm, know what I mean? Like I've been, I've been, I've had been to some hilarious hotel gyms before. Um, at the end of the day, I think you know when you're on holiday, you don't want to be worried about that stuff too much. But at the end of the day, like because for me, like it's like something I do. Like I always like sort of like joke, you know, because um, you you actually do sort of like more like traditional like meditation and stuff and obviously i say to you in the past like sort of like half joking but half being serious as well that it'll sort of like going to the gym for me that is sort of like my meditation totally man or it's sort of like proper going into yeah. the body uh yeah. not thinking too much but just like getting into the flow yes yeah, relax it's, it's relaxing the mind relaxing for me and that you know it's a bit like um it's therapeutic for me the same way you know like um, probably the same way that like almost like playing music is for both of us as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean like it's a genuine hobby, but it's also therapeutic for me. Like it does mm. me good, like physically mm. and mentally, it does me good. Um, so like I'm not like I hear a lot of people that are like, oh no, I'm not going to work out when I'm on holiday, mm. and I'm like, oh right, well, wow, that's, <laughs> well that's cool, that's cool. Yeah, that's 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 cool if you don't want to, but like I just do. Yeah, and also for me, I like Part the novelty of, the of it. I'm like, oh, what's, what what's, what what stuff they're going to have there? Do you know what I mean like also, and then I like almost like look around. I'm like, yeah, right, I could do mm. that. I could maybe do a little bit of this and I could do a little bit of that. But yeah, that one in Crete was like a really good gym. Mm, you're going to have to let me know the name of the hotel because it sounds awesome oh, there. Man, I, you would I need, love I need it. a week there or something. You would <laughs> love it. Honestly, it was insane. And I remember it was like one of the nicest place, places we had when we were there. It was just in the hotel. We had There was this um, one night and they were just doing like, they were basically just doing almost like a, a barbecue mm. on like the terrace. 
and they had all these like Greek dancers and everything and all this like live Greek music. Nice. Um, almost like, yeah, like traditional Greek music and with like um, the, all the, you know, like the dancing and that traditional sort of like old fashioned. They've got a lot Greek of good folky like yeah. stuff over in Greece well, like we as well. Like we were talking about, you know, like your bazooki. Yeah. So um, Drew uses a, a bazooki, um, it's like a type of guitar essentially, um, but it's more like a mandolin, but like a bigger mandolin. Hmm. And um, that's a Greek instrument. Hmm. Same tuning as a mandolin, yes. but a whole octave lower. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's a Greek instrument. They have a lot of interesting. For anybody that sort of like played, um, um, that's into their computer gra- games. That might have played something like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Obviously, like all the music in that. That's mm. all like based sort of on like old ancient sort nice. of like you know like great old Greek folk music. And I used to have a show called um, Forest of Glebe, the Forest of Glebe, which was like a folk show on Aspen Wake Radio, and um, I would play, like, some Greek folk music on that. Sometimes I remember there was this band called Demonia Nymphae, um, and they I'd play, like, some good stuff from them, and they would play nothing but traditional Greek instruments, and they'd have, like... I think a lot of people don't, like, aren't aware of this, but because, um, obviously, bagpipes are so closely associated with the Scottish, but the, the Greeks used um, bagpipes as well. They, wow. they didn't call them bagpipes, but they had three different types of what are essentially bagpipe, and um, they're all the same. You know, basically a big, big sack um, that can stomach. Yeah, that has like mm. a stomach with air, and then what almost look like sort of like recorders, pipes. Yeah, like pipes coming out of it. Mm. That then you can go, you know, and mm. yeah. So um, and I, I know that the Greeks, I think, have three different types of them. You know, which is slightly mm. different sounds. And so like did that, you so. Um, see that when you were over there? Like, is that how you learned that? Or no, you... no, I didn't learn that from that. I think I just learned that just from my love of folk music and just like looking at different types of folk music and mm. just little bits of trivia you pick up do you know what I mean like because it is amazing with the music as well like when you go to a place and you, and you mm. see that traditional thing in action mm. like I remember in Spain like um Flam- uh, with a flamenco guitar yeah we went to mm. a um me and my ex-girlfriend went to a, a a like flamenco bar that was really famous in Madrid mm. and uh we had like proper sangria I'd never had sangria before I couldn't mm. believe that but I'd never actually had sangria before which is like a cocktail basically made from wine wine and, wine and lemonade and mm. fresh lemonade and stuff and yeah. I think or, or, or it something got some orange like that juice in it as well yeah yeah juice and and um actual pieces of, of fruit and everything I'll tell you what though that's like and that was so brutal good. for a hangover because I can imagine mixed with all that like delicious juice and everything mm. it must be so easy to drink but obviously red wine's so savage for a hangover because of all the sulfites yeah that, that's brutal yeah and no, it, it was super nice though like seeing the actual an actual proper flamenco um show on mm. stage where the music is mixed so much with the dancing like mm. this th- it was like one one female dancer one male dancer that were just going to town but like the, the the music what was they were like vibing off the music so much that it was they were getting crazier and they were like and the musicians were concentrating so much on the dancers that it was like this dance even between them and mm. it was just beautiful you know and I was just like this is epic you don't get things like you know you, you only mm. see that in the place you know I think that's like a very Mediterranean thing as well like I remember that that's very much what it was like when I went to Italy after absolutely love Italy as well talking about like you know just great freaking Mediterranean countries and stuff yeah I'd love uh, to go to Italy as well I went to this amazing show in Sorrento that was literally just called the Sorrento Folk Tales mm. and it was like almost like a history of Sorrento but performed via just music and dance wow that and sounds amazing it was insane I, it, like and, and like the standard of the musicianship and the dancing and just mm. everything was like it, it just couldn't have been better mm. went and sat in like a really nice old theatre theater in Sorrento 
Um, it was probably about the same. Like, a, oh, you have told me about this. Yeah. actually. Yeah, I remember. it was probably. Um, do you remember that? That um, it wasn't like a massive theatre. It was probably about the same size as that one, um, the Bath Forum. You know, we went mm. to watch Fairport Convention. Oh, yeah, it yeah. was about the same size as that. But I think it was a bit more ornate. You know, typical Italians. Obviously, they're very into like their decoration and everything mm. has to be like very like aesthetic, doesn't it? You know, mm. um, you know whether it's like their food or whatever, isn't it? You know, their Ducatis. Yeah, yeah, their Ducatis. The Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, or their pasta. <laughs> but um. Lamborghini. Oh, Lamborghini. Yeah, I'm going I'm to tell you a little fact, actually, about Lamborghini and Ferrari in a minute. Mm. I was going to say it then, but it, I want to stay Porsche on top of it. Italian as well? No, German. Ah, oh, German. German. Damn. Oh, German, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No offence, Germans. Um, but, um, what was it? Oh, yeah, Ferrari and Tales. Yeah, so it was about the same size as Bath Forum, um, for anybody that's, that's been there. Uh, but that was yeah, it was absolutely amazing. It was, I'd say it was probably about like two hours long, and it has had like had like a bit of opera, but it wasn't like everything was opera, you know. And the, the guitar and everything was like beautiful, and all the dancing was just like insane. And oh, it's just it was such a good experience. It was like one of my favorite things. It was one of my favorite musical experiences I'd say of like my life because mm. it was like ridiculously it's, there's something beautiful. different about being in another country and where it's so like it's like almost like their heritage and you're yeah. like you're like tapping into that vibe and it is yeah. it's different isn't it than than seeing a reenactment of it or something mm. like and mm. one of, one of the things I really respect about sort of classical musicians is I think that with with more modern music regardless of genre whether it's pop or metal or rap or 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 anything I think that there's a lot of like either ors go on in these genres, and what I mean by that is is that like you you might have some bands that are like very good at evoking emotion in you, but might be a little bit more sloppy technically, and then you might have say musicians that are almost like obsessed with being technically proficient, but their music just doesn't really move you mm. emotionally. Mm. But what I feel like, um, and obviously not not all classical music and, and not all classical musicians, because obviously that's just the way of the nature of things but i think in general more they a are marriage of both yes of those things. yes yeah. they don't they don't they're not like either or they're mm. not like extremists either way they're not like absolute like well no you know it's either ying wee malmsteen or kurt cobain mm. you know what i mean or, or you know or either lip syncing or you're freaking mm. you yes do you mm. know what i mean it's it's like it's like that sort of music, like when I watched Sorrento Folkstyle, I was like, man, my, my, I had like goosebumps. Mm. But like, every, but you know, it was like completely moving me. Like, there's something about it almost brings tears to your eyes. But at mm. the same time, like, it's so technically Te- proficient. Yeah, there's no, man. there's, there's no like. I think that they would almost like look down on you for almost being like, oh, okay, well, well, I'm moving you, so that means that I, I, it doesn't matter if I make a mistake. They'd be like, be like, no, you're mm. a professional musician. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is what you do for a living. Like, you'd be frowned upon if you were, like, a mechanic and you fitted a wrong part, wouldn't you? Mm. So if you're doing this for a living and you want to get up in front of, like, in, like, a theatre, in front of people that are, like, paying their hard-earned money every day, then you need to make sure that not only it moves the person, mm. but it's also, you know, like... Yeah, and I think with with music as well, or especially, like, performance, when you get to that level... Like to get to that level, you have to have so much passion to mm. to be able to do it. So like when you can marry that passion and that feeling of of loving it so much into like in, in putting it into it, you take so much pride in it as well. So yeah. you wouldn't want to. Me- do you know what I mean? You'd want to invoke emotion and and be amazing. Like definitely, I, I have mm. I have a lot of respect for for, for um, classical musicians, and I think the older I've gotten, the more I appreciate it. Mm. You know, I think the more I actually like have such like a massive res- res- respect for it and stuff and, and even with like um i want to see s- some more i remember we- in college we went to this uh, university 
um, just to visit it. And there was this quartet on the stage practicing for like a concert that they had mm. coming up. So we just sat in the in the in the the rows of mm. seats just on a lunch or something and mm. just kind of watch them and it was like that for me it was like you were hearing it in this this like kind of theater situation but they were just practicing but yeah just it was just so beautiful and i was like that's so cool like yeah. it's it's not something that you're surrounded by so much no. in when i was growing up you know and just yeah like, i think i think when you're little it's like i think that you need like almost like a certain level of maturity to to appreciate mm, something like that mm. um I've got like a little clip of some of the music that I listened to. Like I, I took a little video while I was at um, watching Sorrento Folktale. So I'll get it up. Obviously, it's not going to be very good phone quality because I'm just going to put my phone up against the the microphone here in the studio. But it will just be like so you have an idea. There's two pieces. So um, listen to this. That's like proper like proper like goosebumps, isn't it? Mm. It's some kind of shaker as well, isn't it? And then real nice vocals, ready? <laughs> We're singing in nice Italian and that as well. It's just cool. <laughs> bit of a nice bit of accordion there. Oh, there? oh there's some more. Oh no, it's not. And then this, that was this, beautiful. this is like a bit more of like the. Uh, oh no, that's the granny cocktail. <laughs> it's like this is a bit more like. like and in this video, there's like loads of cool dancing going on. Come on, phone, don't mess me up. You're alive. Don't mark me. <clears throat> right, I've got some small technical issues with my phone, but um, I'll show you this clip in a minute. There we go. Oh. Why is it doing that? It's a bit silly. I isn't want it? you, yeah, because so like on this little video, there's like all this like nice dancing going on, and this is like like a bit more of an upbeat bit. And it's cool. Like I mean, obviously, it's like it when you go to watch anything in the theatre. But there was like they are always like changing the backdrops and everything like that. Mm. Right, yeah, let's... it's cool to be able to like see something like that as well in like in Italian and mm. still, even though you don't like um, understand what what they're saying, you don't need still, to. Though, do you, really? Yeah, you're still just feeling the vibe of it. Yeah, and, fully. Mm. Absolutely beautiful. Right, I really, really want you guys to hear this. Should we go into a next song and then just play it, play it a little bit? Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea, Drew. (laughs) More than a pretty face, this guy, isn't he? (laughs) This actually track is for you, Drew, because you were saying the other day how you really wanted to listen to The House That Jack Built by Metallica. Oh, nice. So I thought, let's listen to The House That Jack Built by Metallica. Hope everyone out there is having a good evening. Um, I'll just remind you guys, before we play this next track, um, you are listening to Pandora's Box, and remember, this is a podcast as well as a radio show, so um, if you don't already subscribe to us on YouTube, we'd appreciate you going on YouTube giving us a subscribe, liking our videos, maybe spreading the word, subscribing us. Because um, like our TikTok... Pick that little bell, get all the yeah, notifications ding, ding, ding. when we get a new thing Because like our TikTok has like blown up quite a lot. I mean, we've got like over like 12,000 followers on there, but... Um, it was 15,000. 15,000, is mm. it? Oh, that's awesome. But it's like harder to... Um, Break out spread, on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube and like Insta mm. so much and that, so we'd really appreciate... 
Um, anybody that is like likes the band, likes the box, and is a friend of the pod, you know, just to like help get the name out there. If you just like, yeah, give us a like, give us a subscribe, share, spread the word, y'all, spread the word, and you f- shall forevermore be a friend of the pod. Pandora's box is about to open wide. You better believe it, baby. Mm. Welcome back to Pandora's box. Thanks for being here with us this evening, everybody. We love all of our uh, listeners out there, especially our long-time listeners. Um, shout out to a couple off the top of my head. I think um, there's obviously oh Patrick, mm. Patrick. Sorry, he just said to just call him Patrick because I'm going to butcher it if I try and say it in Polish anyway. So Patrick, um, Chili Lane. I don't know what your real name is, but that's what you are on Instagram. You're always giving us, sending us good feedback. So Chili Lane. And what's the what's the guy that loves on Mystery Mondays intros? It's like. M, it's like MK8 something like on YouTube and he always goes on about how he loves the uh, Mystery Mondays uh, intro so yeah shout out to, to, to you three guys and just to anyone else that's been a, a long standing um, friend, friend of, of the, the pod. pod that's it friend of the pod before uh, we went to that play that last song which was the house that Jack built by Metallica off their album Lewd um, we were talking about um Mediterranean folk music and the Mediterranean in general and I was trying to get this um, this recording of um, when I went to go see Sorrento Folk Tales in the theatre in Sorrento to play and it's playing now so I'm just going to give you a little excerpt because I I showed uh, I, I played the one which was more like the operatic sort mm. of like emotional one and this is the more like upbeat raucous one hold, hold the screen frame yeah I will the that's, what, well, that's, so what, that's what I was thinking you can zoom oh, in nice. I wait until sort of like the video starts again um but yeah, it was, it was so cool, and I really recommend anyone that's like get, like goes to like Italy or something like that, make sure that you go and check something out like this. Here we go. Dancing lady, dancing man. Oh yeah. him shredding on his mandolin. Oh, this is jubilant. Oh, so jubilant. Nice word, dude. Nice word. There it is. I like that. Yeah, so I just wanted to show you guys that, really. I just basically say how um, bleeding awesome that was when I went to Sorrento and watched that. But yeah, um... Greece. Mm. Getting back to Greece. I think that food's my favourite. As I said, when I went to mm. Crete, I said that was such a nice... I remember, we you know, that night I said that was just in the hotel and they had, like, the, the traditional Greek music with, like, they had some dancers and they just had, like, a fat grill outside <sighs> and um, they were cooking it all outside and you would just go up and it was almost like, help yourself. Mm. And you can imagine how much I loved that because it was all, like, grilled lamb and grilled... And it's just, what, like, so t- you could literally just go up to the like, barbecue and get... Oh, you basically took amazing. a plate... And just kept going up, oh, and then you just man. go up there, and then you'd, you know you'd just be cooking just stuff nonstop. So there'd be like a nice like lamb mint mm. burgers. He was cooking like nice like lamb chops or whatever, and then it'd be like nice delicious chicken, <sighs> like loads of tzatziki, loads of other nice sauces, man, all that salad like and that. Heaven. 
And it's all quite healthy as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all just like salad and mm. flatbreads. And mm. I remember oh. when I went to Kaz and we went out to um, this river, but we, we took a load of ice boxes and, and we um, we took a load of meat as well. Like they, they slaughtered a lamb like the, the night before. The slaughtered lamb. The slaughtered lamb, but it was like super fresh and everything, obviously. Oh, and like... Um, and uh, like marinated all night. Um, mm. So then, then we went to the river the next day. And the way they did the barbecue was with wood rather than with coals. And mm. it was so damn tasty. It mm. was just by the river all day, this massive gazebo thing. Yeah. We were swimming in the river and they were just like cooking all this lamb well, you can, all day. You so can put good. wood chips in your barbecue yeah, to give it to more, give it more yeah. of like a, a flavour, can't Smoky you? Flavor, so, yeah. yeah, so I can see that. Mm. Remember I bought some once actually. I remember it was just in like B&Q actually. Like Applewood or something. No, mm. it's Jack Daniels. Oh, okay. Jack Daniels... Um, so it was like wood chips that had been soaked in Jack Daniels. Oh wow! And then I had like, cool. and then I like had a barbecue with the wood chips, mm. and then it was like, yeah, it was pretty good, mm. like smoky Jack. Yeah, Daniels. man, my favourite type of food is like is Grilled like barbecue. is like smoked. Mm. Yeah, like when something's smoked or like that slow slow barbecue, like mm. Spitfire kind of where it's like slow roasted oh. in barbecue, like that's my favourite type of food. They've gone downhill a little bit, I think. But, yeah. Um, I mean, they're still good. I'm just well, that way saying of doing that. it. Yeah, you know? saying that I haven't been Spitfire in, in, a, in a couple of years. I think the last time I went was actually with you, mm. and when we went for um, Sophie's birthday, I think that was the last time I went. Mm. But uh, those early days, like, do you remember when I first like told you and Josh about it, and yeah. I drove up in when I used to have that mm. BMW, mm. and I remember I drove us there, didn't we? And we were all in like a food coma, especially <sighs> you and Josh. Yeah, because I remember I had like an Oreo milkshake afterwards as well, and it you was had like a, f- a Kahlua, like yeah, Oreo Kahlua. And Kahlua milkshake, yeah. like, and you had a fat burger. But we yeah. also shared that, whole that pork. massive pork thing, which mm. was like a it was like a like a whole freaking joint of pork between mm. the three of us. And then I think I had Plus a meal each. <laughs> yeah, and then I think I had like half a roast, like slow roast chicken. Mm. With like chips and salad, and then I think you and Josh had burgers, mm. but it was a lot of food anyway. Damn straight. But I think that the way that they used to do their pork was like as good as you can get in like a barbecue joint, mm-hmm. in like a barbecue grill sort of. Yeah, joint. I really want to do like a smokehouse. I want to get like now I've got a garden in the new mm. place. I want to get like a smoking machine, like a smokehouse barbecue like, kind, like of a proper like, like American style. Yeah, like where you can just do put the meat in there for hours and it mm. like oh slowly roast it. That'd be so cool. Yeah, that would be mm. awesome. Mm. Yeah, get some smokehouse barbecue ribs on the go. Yeah, if you, if you get like a nice thing like that, I'll definitely be up for bringing over some some meats. Mm. Looks like meats back on the menu, boys. Yeah, that'd be awesome, dude. Mm. Um, going back earlier on because we were talking about um, you were talking about like Ferrari and stuff like that, and, oh, um, um, I, and I said I was like I was tempted to branch off and start going off on a different subject, but I wanted to like carry on what I was saying. But did you know? Um, do you know why Lamborghini started making cars? No. So Lamborghini, my friends, used to be used to just make tractors. Tractors. Yeah. So they were an Italian Italian firm that specialised in just making agricultural vehicles, mainly tractors. Just I can imagine they were big old V twin engines or something. Yeah. Like in the tractors, like and they it, had to make these big powerful engines. It's funny if you think about it because nowadays it's almost like the opposite of like the agri- agricultural machine. You think it's like flashy rappers and like millionaires, like mm. footballers and stuff. That's the people you think of driving Lambos, don't you? Whereas. There used to be like an ag- agricultural business that they used to basically make tractors. But anyway, um, obviously they were expert engineers in the um, like motor trade, even if it was agricultural and everything like that. And they were fans of Ferraris. Like the the, the I think it was the, the the guy that owned Lamborghini. He had a Ferrari, 
Um, but there was a, a problem. There was something about his Ferrari. I can't remember the, the, the specifics that he didn't like. Yeah, so like he engineering wrote, wise. Yeah. So he wrote to Enzo Ferrari and was like, "Hi, I'm Mr. Lamborghini, essentially," mm. and was like, um, "I've got a Ferrari. I love Ferraris, um, but I think that you could improve your Ferrari just by making these like slight adjustments." Mm. And he thought that he'd probably get like a letter back saying like, oh, thank you very much, Enzo. You know, like I'm such and such Mr. Lamborghini. But um, Ferrari sent him back a bit of a snooty letter and basically said, if you think you can do better, do it, then do it yourself or something like that. So that, so, so rather than be a bit like, so rather than just be like, oh, all right, well, I've been put in my place. He just, he just thought, all right, then I will. Mm-hmm. So he started up a, another factory now making sports cars and he almost like based it on the things he liked about the Ferrari mm. but then with the modifications that he suggested to Ferrari and nowadays as I said if it, Lamborghinis I think outsell Ferraris mm. so that's almost like in a way that's like fair play Mr Lambo you know yeah I you didn't know? know it started with tractors <laughs> yeah. but I did um I d- do you remember um that that thing that Jeremy Clarkson done Jeremy Clarkson on the farm no, um, I haven't. I still haven't seen the oh, film. You've not seen no, it. No, I know that like you and and, and Zeus while the gold and that said that it was. Uh, yeah, really I, d- good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, for I some, know a lot of people. A bit of lockdown watching. Yeah, a lot of people said it was really good. Yeah, but in that he bought like a Lamborghini Ferrari. Uh, sorry, a Lamborghini, a Lamborghini Ferrari, tractor. tractor. Yeah, nice. and it was like this huge tractor, and I was like, whoa, I can't believe Lamborghini do tractors. Yeah, but they obviously started they off. started with yeah. that. So yeah, that's yeah. like that's kind of gone full circle for me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember even where I heard that, but I always thought like that was like a nice little tale, you know, mm. and also almost like a um, a tale of caution as well mm. for people that are going to be Throwing a bit caution on caution to the wind. Yeah, like a bit, you know, because obviously, like the Ferrari obviously sent them back a bit of a snooty letter. Yeah. And it ended up almost like backfiring on them because Lamborghini, like, let's face it, in terms of like Italian supercars, yeah. Like, Ferrari didn't really have any like big rivals before like mm. Lambo came along. Mm. Like, I know that obviously Maserati do like amazing cars. What about Bugatti as well? That's another Ooh. one, isn't it? Yeah. Are they, are they, I think they're, they must be Italian when they yeah, are Bugatti. Bugatti, yeah. Bugatti. Bugatti. Bugatti Veyron. Mm. Yeah. They're insane. I just They're like, like another level, aren't they? Mm, yeah. They, I know that they were for a while. I don't know if they still are, but that was like the fastest like I watched this, road car for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, I watched this video the other day of um of a drag race, um, and it, well, it was a drag strip. It wasn't a race. It was just a car mm. and a drag strip, and it was a Tesla. Mm. I mean, it was like a Model 6 or something, mm. like this super fast Tesla, and this guy like... Um, like hoons it down like down the road gets like top speed like super went super 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 fast and he was saying and it was like an 80 grand car $80,000 Tesla car mm. um uh, and he and he went so fast in it and he said the most crazy thing is as he was like doing this like drag thing he just looked out of his window and all the birds were just still sat in the trees just like kind yeah, of watching it because yeah, it's yeah. so silent it's got so much power but it's like he was like to get that amount of power out of a um, normal vehicle, mm. it'd be plus a million, like mm. for the vehicle, mm. um, and for like the sports car, and it would be like there would be mm. nothing in sight for a mile because no, all of the animals would just be like, yeah, it's like so loud with the V twins and stuff, yeah, um, or V eight or V twelve or whatever, yeah, whatever beast they mm. have under the hood mm. with turbos and all sorts, yeah, yeah, man, so Crazy. it's going that way, electric. It's going that way, baby. Electric. I would love to drive a Tesla just to see what it's like. Yeah, I would as well, man. Just because obviously I haven't ever done it. Mm. I mean, I've driven everything from little petrols to like massive sort of like diesel, like long mm. wheelbase fans and stuff. I'd love like that, to like but... drive like an Aston Martin or or a um 
or a Ferrari or something as well. Like you can do these track yeah. days, can't you, where yeah. you go and do some laps in one? Yeah, I'd, I'd quite like to do that just to see what it's like. Yeah, yeah, oh, mate, me too. Yeah, we definitely. should go for a lap day. We should go for a Pandora's box lap day. Pandora's box do lap days. Yeah, we'll film it. Do it. Yeah, do it, talk about something as we're going real fast around. It'll be like <laughs> just a one off of us doing in like a our, Ferrari. Oh, yeah, it'll be like a one off of us like doing like our own little version of Top Gear. Yeah. <laughs> We we'll can get Hope Ellen back on to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me and you and Bowen can have a drag race. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh, yeah, I'd definitely crash. Yes, yeah, so as long as you don't crash and die. As long as nobody crashes and dies, for that matter. <laughs> crash and burn. Crash and burn, baby. Anyway, guys, we're going to listen to another track now, but we'll be back after these next couple of tracks. Hope you guys are having a good evening. We'll see you shortly. That was High Noon in Killy Villy by Angry Johnny and the Killbillies. Cool track that. Before that, we had Cool Jam by Lady Al. You are listening to Pandora's Box on Aspermate Radio. Thanks for chilling with us, y'all, this evening. Um, I'm randomly going to play you a little jingle now. It only goes on for 1 minute 20. I just fancied playing it to you, really, because um, I expect all of the Pandora's Box like fan base and listeners haven't haven't heard it. But this is a, a jingle that primarily uh, Drew made um, for this show called Financial Forte, which is on Aspen Wait, with um, a guy called Sandro Forte, who not only is a very nice chap, um, but he's also a ridiculously well-respected um, financial advisor mm. and financial expert. He's done um, like seminars and talks in Harvard and Yale in America, um, in places like Cambridge in the UK, some of the top universities in the world, basically. Um, he comes from um, uh, some like a lineage of Italian entrepreneurs, mm. millionaires, essentially. And his, his father and his grandfather owned some of the largest chains of hotels in Italy. He's also a very, he's a very nice down-to-earth guy as well, isn't he, Sandro? Yeah, he's awesome chap. So this is, uh, this is a little jingle that Drew wrote that uh, I also provided vocals for. So Drew does most of the vocals, but the operatic vocals you hear on, on the track are, are done by yours truly. So um, just wanted to share this with you all, really. So enjoy this, guys. Just made me think because we've been talking about Mediterranean mm. stuff today, Italy and the like. If you need great advice, then you're in the right place. Financial forte, financial forte. Paul and Sandro here for you, and we always can do financial forte, financial forte. The coins ring, ding a ling a ling. Great advice we can bring Financial Forte Financial Forte Listen in, ding a ling a low To our radio show Financial Forte Financial Forte If you want money tips Hear the words from our lips Financial Forte Financial Forte been advising for years, Paul and Sandro are here. Financial forte, financial forte. The coins ring, ding a ding a ling. Great advice we can bring. Financial forte, financial forte. Listen in, ding a ling a low to our radio show. Financial forte, financial forte. Yeah, so welcome back, everyone. That was just like a nice little one minute and 22 seconds of um, the financial forte jingle. Mm. Um, as I said, Sandra's a cool guy. And if you, um, you know, on a serious note, if you actually want some awesome financial advice, which mm. I think everyone can do with, really. Mm. I mean, I'm not like a, I'm not like a naturally business-minded guy. Mm. I'm more of like a wacky idea, sort of creative, strange fellow. But um, 
I mean, it's good to listen to that, you know? I mean, it's, it's, mm. it helps you in your yeah. life. You know, when you're, when you're an adult, whether you like it or not, it helps you to You have that to think about that, those kind of things every now and again. And what Sandra always says as well is, um, you know, we have, like, the, the death tax, which is, like, 40% on mm-hmm. the inheritance tax. Yeah, in the UK, yeah. And um, he, he says that that is the only, like, uh, what's it called? Um, what's the word? Voluntary tax. And like I know that sounds weird, mm. but he is like if you have correct financial planning, right, yeah. you will I'm never you. have to pay that because you, there's ways of setting yes. things up. But but a lot of people don't do it. Um, but it's because of ignorance, and I don't yeah, mean that in I a rude know. way. So, it's, but it's like, so important. Like, you, like, you, you know could not, you could yeah. not pay forty percent. You get like on on you know. And let's face it, most that. people's you know, as you're walking around day to day, you're not probably thinking right. If I got hit by a bus now, unfortunately, and died, what would happen with my finances? Because you'd be more thinking, oh well, I'm dead, so that mm. sucks. But it is important. Yeah, totally. Because at the end of the day, you, most most people do have either family or close friends or somebody that they would want to leave their possessions to, their mm. possessions and their money to. And you want to make sure... That you're not leaving them a load of taxes. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, I think as well, you know, if you, if you pay taxes all your life, right, the thought that when, when you die, that then 40% of that of your wealth that you've generated, which you've already, you've already, that money's already taxed because we're taxed anyway, mm. you know. So, whatever wealth that I have left over, right, that's already money that's been taxed all your life. Mm. And then, to me, the idea that then forty percent of that is going to be taken by the government—that mm. doesn't sit very well with no. me, really. It also like was crazy as well when he was talking about things, saying that that you can't give someone more than like two and a half grand or something i can't remember what the exact figures were um uh like like gifting just money to someone without them like paying tax on it as well like uh, past that then like officially they should be like paying tax on that money and yeah. stuff for you and that's just so things weird. like that just, so if i want to give you yeah. like 20 grand yeah. just like just as a mate yeah you know then you're, like if you you're not actually say. allowed to do that like yeah without like if it you, being if you taxed, like, yeah it's so like ridiculous it is it? absolutely ridiculous yeah i mean yeah it really rubs me up the wrong way as somebody that has has a child like the idea that say as i said if i died for whatever reason today the idea that like the government i i, I was essentially almost like see it as like theft the mm. idea that almost like the government would like steal 40 percent of that rather than my daughter having that mm. that Re- that winds me up. Mm. I will totally. curse you from beyond the grave. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, it's not like um, it's not like the government would be poor without it. Mm. Let's face it. A lot of the reason why, regardless of whether r- what political affiliation you have, like a lot of the reason why people have problems with government is because tax money isn't being used efficiently. Mm. And to be honest, it's, it's you know, it's like. Everyone pays a lot of tax, you know. Everything, you know. If, I mean, unfortunately, yeah. Well, most people do. Do you know what I mean? And if you don't, then you're probably going to get caught eventually. Mm. But you know, it's like you know, if you have a car, you know, you pay road tax. You know, it's like you know, you pay council tax. You know, what I mean, it's like everyone pays tax. So, um, yeah, it's just annoying, really. But yeah, hmm. so someone like Sandro Forte, getting back to the original point, cool guy. He has a show um, once a month on Astronomic Radio called Financial Forte. Um, when is Type it? Like it into YouTube tu- as well. It's and, a Tuesday, and you can isn't see it? Them, they're probably it's probably better to watch them. Yeah, they, they yeah. broadcast on a Wednesday, and it's the first Sorry, Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday of, of every, every month. month. First Wednesday of every month, 
Financial Forte, and you can watch it on YouTube as yeah, well. Is that just on the Aspen Week Radio YouTube? Um, it is, yes. And Aspen. just put, put Financial Forte into... Yeah. Financial Forte! Yeah. Financial Forte! <laughs> yeah, and on another note, if you like a jingle, hit us up, because we yeah. do that as a paid service. So Yeah, we do that as a... Know. Yeah, I mean, that's a... Yeah, because we don't usually normally talk about stuff like that. But yeah, me and Drew are happy to write a jingle for anybody. Um, we do, as I said, we, we provide that as a service. So if anybody's got like a business out there or starting a business, it doesn't have to be a business. Anything basically that you would like, you would want to jingle Want us for. to make you a song? We'll do or, that for you. And a video as well, you know. Mm. Or, you know, if you're a band maybe and uh, for anybody out there that's seen our Negroni cocktail jingle that we did for our friends that broke the Guinness World Record for the world's largest ever Negroni cocktail. Obviously, we did like a little video for that and things like that. And we also did one back in Christmas when we did um, Jingle ah. Balls, The Tale of Jamie O'Malley. Um, if anybody wants us to do like a vid- like a music video for them, any bands out there or nice mm. little video projects like that, we also do that as a service. So just letting people know, really, if you want to get in touch with us, if you are sort of like a wacky genius, whether you're like a band or, as I said, you've got a business and you want like a video, you want a jingle, then we we are happy to do that. You know, me, um, me and Drew find that just really fun to do, really. Mm. And it comes naturally to us. I mean, for people that watch our, our say, like Mystery Mondays and things like it comes naturally to me and Drew just to make like you know wacky chains on the on the spot, and they don't always have to be wacky. Do you know what I mean we will be serious if required? <laughs> but it depends what really you're after, really, doesn't it? You know, mm. depends what you're afterwards. Should we have some quick fire facts? Yeah, we haven't had any quick fire facts. It's time either. for quick fire facts. Did you know that Quentin Tarantino has claimed that in one of the scenes in Inglorious Bastards where Diane Kruger was strangled? He said that he personally strangled her with his own bare hands in one take to add authenticity. Damn. If he said that, then I assume that's probably true. I mean, I can't imagine he would have made that up. Because he'd probably just look silly then if if Diane Kruger was like... Mm. I hear a lot about stuff like that with, like, Quentin Tarantino films. Like, a lot of crazy stuff happens off the cuff. (gasps) Oh, I heard a brutal fact, actually. I can't Mm. remember if I told you this. Um, For anybody out there that's seen The Hateful Eight, um, you might remember a scene where um, I think it's Kurt Russell's character smashes um, a guitar against a wooden post in the cabin. The majority of the movie is is, is based in this one big yeah. cabin, isn't it? Because they're escaping the, the, the elements, essentially. Mm. There's a massive snowstorm, isn't there? Um, and it's almost like a murder mystery, mm. isn't it? Like a murder mystery sort of style like movie. It's a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, but there's a scene, yeah, where um, the, the the lady who is um, basically being held captive by the by the bounty hunter that's played by Kurt Russell, um, she is playing the guitar and she's singing a song. It's a really nice old song. It's actually a, a, a genuine old um, folk song, and it was written around the times when the Europeans were starting to settle in America. And um, apparently, that's another cool piece of trivia. Actually, she had the actress. I can't remember her name. It's just like. Oh, I'll have to look it up in a minute. It's like Janet Lee something or something along that lines. Mm. Jason Lee something. I don't know. Anyway, that actress she actually played in the the guitar and sang it. So ah. it's not like you know what I mean. So I thought that was a nice little, um, a cool little thing to be fair. Like to be fair to the actress because it sounds really nice when she does it as well in the movie. But anyway, um, Martin the Martin guitars the manufacturers Jennifer Jason Lee Jennifer Jason Lee that's the mm. actress that did it. Um, so I thought, you know, because I just thought it was cool that she 
could play the guitar and could actually mm. play that song and actually had nice vocals and mm. that. I was like, oh, mm. fair shout. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, you know, an extra string in your bow, so to speak. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like a nice talent that she has, obviously, that she doesn't usually show to the world. Mm. Um, but the, yeah, um, she's playing an old Martin guitar. Right. And obviously, um, they wanted it to look like a Martin guitar of that era. So they went to Martin guitar manufacturers and said, um, "Could have you got any, you know, we're like this massive Hollywood production so like, we want to make this movie as authentic as possible. And we know that like guitarists out there would like know, you know, like really keen, like guitarists will know. So we can't just use any old guitar. Have you got any like, you know, like proper from back in the Wild West days, m- like old Martin guitars? Because um, Martin guitars, they were like the first yeah, steel string guitars, yeah, weren't yeah. they? Like full stop, mm. you know, before Taylor, before like Gibson, anything like that. They were like the original daddies. And um and they had the, they had one in their museum, like all behind plexiglass and everything like that. And they were like, yeah, yeah, you can use it. Obviously, you have to be gentle with it, and obviously, don't roughhouse it. So, like the on on um on the set, they made like ten copies, like almost like identical copies of this Martin guitar. But they thought that the scenes that where she's playing them, that you would use the original Martin guitar, and then the scene where Kurt Russell smashes, smashes the it. guitar, they would obviously use the prop. But Kurt Russell's not a musician, didn't really like, hadn't really taken the information properly. And it was the first take of it. Um, and they obviously thought it might take several takes. But literally, she she nailed like, the scene. It was a really good scene and it was a really good take. And she was playing it and Kurt Russell just wasn't thinking and picked up the guitar. The actual like original, Martin. like like several hundred year old Whoa. Martin guitar smashed it across the it was like oh, it was like a it was like man. an 150 year old martin guitar oh, like man. one like the That's original so one of the only ones from sort of like the you know like the 1870s or 1880s whenever it was that was like still around and he just smashed it to pieces so um so the R. the R. set Key. yeah so the set had to um pay martin damages and apart after that apparently martin just released a statement that said like never again are they going to agree under any circumstances to like loan out any of their guitars for that sort of services? So mm. Martin are never going to lend any any like instruments to to like movie scenes or anything ever again. But Man, it's just, and, so appara- and apparently it, it happened on scene and like nobody could like do anything because it was like mid mid um, scene. And as soon as they like cut because it was like an amazing scene, but then it apparently apparently the moment the cut did it, just like everybody on set behind the cameras was just like, <gasps> yeah. And then he just carried on with the scene, obviously, and then finished it. And then they were cut, and they were like. Yeah, that was a great take, but you just smashed up a guitar that's worth like like sixty thousand US dollars or something like that. Yeah, it, was it would like, probably even been more. Yeah, than that, I yeah, thought. probably. I don't know how much Crazy. it was, but in fact, I might even look it up. Like, how much was the guitar that um was mm. was like smashed? Um, but mm. I just remember thinking, like, oh my god, that is savage. That is savage. What's that? Have a look. Like Kurt Russell, um, Martin guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's it. Literally, someone's already put that in. For the making of the Hateful Eight, Martin Guitar Museum loaned a priceless, they've literally put it down as a priceless, 145-year-old guitar as a prop for the film. <sighs> However, that guitar never made it out of that set in one piece. The script actually involved Kurt Russell smashing the replica of the same guitar, which was specifically made for that scene. But yeah, he picked up the the, the actual one. And, and apparently Jennifer Jason Lee, the actress, it says here, as a guitarist herself and as a fan, it said that she was like heartbroken on the set because she was like one of the only people on the set that almost like appreciated the yeah, value. and she played it. Yeah, mm. she was like playing it and almost like thinking like, oh, this is like an amazing opportunity to even be able to play this. And then she was like... And apparently um, they say the only, the only benefit they have on it 
that, that, that they have is is apparently there's there's like an insanely sincere look of absolute shock on her face mm. when Kurt Russell smashes mm. the guitar in the film, but that's because whoop dee doo. That's because in her head she was like, <laughs> Russell, you've just smashed this like priceless Martin guitar. That's crazy, isn't it? Oh, man, that's so bad. Yeah, and so apparently, and, and apparently, it's actually like unscripted. But in the scene, um, Jennifer Jason Lee blurts out "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" when Kurt Russell is like, "What's saying in this article?" I'm just reading now. When Kurt Russell smashed the scene, apparently that wasn't in the script, and Kurt Russell just mm. thought that she was like, you know, was mm. just sort of you know freestyling, whatever you call it, um, improvising. Improvising, that's the one. But it was because she was like, could not believe that he just done it. <laughs> I bet he felt so bad. Yeah, like you would have thought that would be one of the most important mm. things that they'd like get into his head. You mm. know what I mean? Before shooting that scene, such an yeah, important scene sloppy, and really. everything. You know, that is crazy. Yeah, man. Oh, man. yeah. Apparently, like some apparently, um, like some people refer to the movie now, like guitar enthusiasts refer to the Hateful Eight as the the guitar snuff film, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious, isn't it? Oh. oh. I wonder how much they paid. Yeah, the guitar is priceless. Yeah, it was made in the early 1860s. That Martin Whoa. guitar, and apparently it hadn't even been like really like let out of its case for like the last like 40, 50 years. Madness, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. Crazy. R.I.P. R.I.P. So yeah, so that's um. That wasn't even my fact, was it? Like, what, how did I even go on to that? I don't know. Oh, that was kind of, no. I was talking about Tarantino and oh, how yeah. a lot of like crazy stuff happens on their sets. Mm. I know. Uh, I also know as well that Tarantino absolutely hates like digital cameras. Yes. Like a lot of stuff now does, is shot yeah. on. I'm quite a camera enthusiast and like mm. Reds and yeah. Alexas and stuff like the digital equivalent to like film cameras. Uh, like are so good. Like mm. they're insane. Like pitch quality. Like, a lot of the stuff now is just shot on them because it's easy. Like you can you can watch what you've just done back mm. and 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 you know and see what you're doing. But on the proper old school like film cameras, or not not even old school. They, there's modern versions of them, but it's on film, and yeah. that's that's like literally why you do it. And you'd have to wait until the next... You'd film something, but you'd have to wait until the next morning to even see what your take was like. So that yeah. was like... So the, the the role of, like, the director was so much, much more, more important, important as yeah. well because you need to really crucial. be watching those those actors and, and really making sure that you're 100% yeah. happy with their take because um, you're not even going to be able to see the film until the next morning where you look at the, yeah. the kind of things from the morning before because they've got to develop the film. And yeah, like, like it's, it's, let's face it, you don't want to be wasting your time, so it's mm. way more crucial to make sure you get takes right, which is why it's so crucial to have a director. And then that, trust as yeah. well the camera yeah. operators that they've got all of the yeah. aperture right and all the little details yeah. that that you know that because when it's 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 on going on to film as well, there's no kind of post production that you could like you know what I mean like mm. get well you could like when they do digitize it and they put it on like. Do you know what I mean, though? It's like you've got to get everything like way more right. It has to be a well and a world a machine. Yeah, and apparently it's a different, like, Beast. Quentin Tar- Tarantino will say that it's a different experience watching uh, yeah, it on movie. actual real yeah, film. Yeah, I know that he hates the fact mm. that anybody would watch his movies on digital. Yeah. Apparently he, like... So meant for the cinema. I think he even made, like, for that Hateful Eight movie, I'm pretty sure I even heard that he, like, insisted that cinemas play it... Um, like certain cinemas play it um, in analog, like you know, in its original format, mm, mm. and so that apparently, like, um, or like, he wouldn't let them have the rights to it. Mm. So apparently, some cinemas, like, you know, released it, and, a then, funny and then, fellow, uh, isn't yeah, he? <laughs> and then after a couple of weeks, 
then they switched it back to digital because they obviously it was awkward for the cinemas because they had to sort of like mm. switch the whole system. Mm. Do you remember though, like being a little kid? And you'd go to the cinema, and obviously it was before everything was digital, and then sometimes, like, the film would mess up, and then, like, yeah. did that ever happen yeah. to you when you were a kid? And then, like, yeah, you, and then suddenly, like, somebody might come out and say, like, oh, sorry, we've had a problem with our film, we're going to sort it out, like, go and get some snacks or whatever, and we'll mm. sort it out in, like, mm. ten minutes. Mm. I just remember, like, watching movies, and then suddenly, yeah, it would all go, like, a bit, like, weird and that, and then and then suddenly it would just, like, go white, the screen would go white. I don't something. think it's actually happened to me, but I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it on, like, like I, it's, Yeah, I, I remember it happening. I can't remember what movie it was, but I remember mm. it happening once when I was watching a movie, but obviously yeah. that would never happen with digital. No, no. But it is—it's projectors now a lot of the time in 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 mm. um in cinemas still, I think. Mm. But then the project projectors can be digital. Like my projector that I've got at home, it's like you just plug a HDMI into it, and it and is is the quality it. still like HD and everything? Yeah, yeah. So so the one I've got, I mean, you can even get 4K um oh, cool. like like projectors now. So bigger, like you know, even even sharper than UHD. But um, yeah, I, I love mine because obviously it's like it's bigger than a TV, but it's still that high definition. Oh man, yeah, I used to love and it when like, we'd go oh. over to your flat and stuff, and mm. we just get out heck to the projector mm. and just watch like a. It was like yeah, it was like a home cinema or something. Yeah, because you had you had like a. You're um, well. You've literally you're still technically in it, but you're just moving house at the moment, aren't mm, you? Mm. But like, uh, so like Drew's flat. It's like it's a it's a massive open pan flat, and it's it's essentially like the size of a house, but in a flat. So it's got <laughs> an upstairs, but the main room is like a big open plan room. So you've got like a big living room, mm-hmm. uh, like a big uh, kitchen in that, and then you've got like a mezzanine, almost like a mezzanine staircase. I suppose it is like a mezzanine. Isn't it's it? a mezzanine. It's yeah. classed as mezzanine. So yeah. it's like, but obviously as a result, the roof is very tall. Mm. But that means and lots of beams. Yeah, lots of beams but then it's obviously like the but then where drew had his sofa it was just facing like a great massive great big just blank white wall mm-hmm. so it was perfect position yeah. for a, for a projector. projector on one of the beams really yep. far back on the other end of the room so yep. you could get it literally doing the whole wall yeah. and from it was side to and side it was big yeah like, you know it's probably i mean what would you say like like 10 foot along maybe yeah 10 foot yeah. length and maybe like six foot seven foot and tall yeah like that. yeah because like, i put it so far back but you can actually change the size of the square as well so as far back as i had it it could go beyond the walls but i had to like zoom in a little mm. bit and it yeah and it just literally filled the whole the whole wall up yeah so yeah i'm gonna miss that man yeah man because you're <laughs> just new this new little cottage you're gonna come into you are not gonna be able to have that no i've oh, i've left it there for like chris and stuff like oh, he's, have you? he's gonna have it there yeah i, I left oh, it that's with nice the flat. Of you. yeah that's nice of you because that's, that's going to be great for movie nights. I don't know if Chris mm. is into a. For anybody that oh, knows yeah, that, he wants to change, change, turn it into a home cinema, like with the oh, sound all over and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris Redjam, we're talking about. He's a presenter that's on after our show tonight. Obviously, Chris has got his uh, Chris Redjam's alternative music show. So um, check that out. Anybody that uh, likes their up and coming music, Chris is that sort of like the niche that Chris has filled, isn't it? He. Mm. Um, He's sort of like the white knight of the up and coming music scene. Mm. So he's like really up for like discovering like new bands and stuff and. And, and, and playing them and getting them out there. So, um, yeah, that's mm. the guy that's going to be moving into a flat, isn't it? Yeah, so check out the Alternative Music Show. Yeah. And if you've got any tracks or, you know, you want us to check yeah, out Yeah, if you're your an band. up-and-coming music band, then um, <clears throat> send them on over. Send them on over. We've got some more quick-fire facts now, anyway. Um, there was a lady called Princess Pauline von Metternicht and another lady called Countess Anastasia Kielmanasek that fought a duel topless with swords in August of 1892 nice. after arguing about flower arrangements. <laughs> Some ladies what get you do, very you? aggro about their flower arrangements. Um, there was a lady present as well called Baroness Labinska, 
who had a medical degree, and she insisted that they took took their tops off and their undergarments so that the clothing wouldn't get into any wounds and cause sepsis. So, mm. yeah, Princess Pauline and Countess Anastasia had a topless um, duel. duel with swords, and eventually Princess Pauline won the duel after slashing Anastasia's arm to the point where uh, Countess Anastasia relented. Ah, oh, so, she relented. Did yeah. she die? No, she just was like, just oh, relented. That's, oh, that's enough. Oh, yeah. you, you can have your, fla- your flower arrangement, all right? Yeah. I'm glad that she just got her arm, to be honest. I thought it was going to be a, 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 yeah. a, a, like a... I thought there was going to be a death there at the end. And yeah. all I'm glad it was just an Ch- arm. Yeah, arm luck, luckily no boobies were chopped off or mm. anything like that, mm. which is good. Did you know that there were once 30-foot-long sea cows? This isn't like... This isn't like millions of years ago, or hundreds of thousand years ago. This was in the 1700s. Right. Um, called Stella's Sea Cows. And unfortunately, humankind hunted them to extinction. Aww. But they would have been an amazing long beast. Almost like looked quite similar to like... Um, almost like a big walrus or something. Yeah. But 30 foot long. That's like the well, size of a killer that, um, What's called a sea cow now? Um, uh, uh, gong, 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 gong. <laughs> That's a Pokemon, isn't it, Dugong? Oh, right. No, I'm, I'm thinking of um, manatees. Manatees, yeah. yeah that's it. They're, yeah. they're nice-looking animals. They, they look yeah. very much like manatees. Do yeah. they? Yeah. Stella sea cows. Imagine like a... 30-foot-long like yeah, manatee. Yeah, manatee. And that's essentially mm. what it would look like. Very Apparently, one of the reasons that they were hunted to extinction because they were so placid and almost like peaceful in nature, they would just almost like come up to the boats. Do you know what I mean? So they weren't even hard oh, to hunt. Oh man, Brutal, that's so it? sad. I know it's really sad. Because you could have like swam with them and just like <laughs> you could have swam with them, but instead you killed them, man. <laughs> no, no, but it's true. No, you're oh. right. You're right. One of the most funnest things I've ever done was mm. when I went swimming with dolphins and yeah, just like and they were Did and they try and hump you. Nah, they Bit just like, like they were just about. loving it, and the way that dolphins like that, what are they with the, their mouths, their beaks, <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like. Them, yeah, their mouths, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like they look like they're smiling, don't they? They're vocal, but, yeah, yeah, and they're, like, they're, they're just like, and it, yeah, it just came over to you, and you like would swim next to you, and you grab its fin, and it just like take yeah. you through the water, and that, and I was like, oh, that's I was so cool, it. man, yeah. that's so cool. I'd love to go swimming with actual like wild dolphins. Oh yeah, or, so or cool. like whales, mm. and to think that there was some like big sea cows that are a bit mm. more placid and a bit slow so I could have just paddled with them yeah and, and just almost like hugged it and just like, like yeah, yeah and just kind of through the water <laughs> yeah that would have been cool wouldn't it <laughs> there was a, a man called Andrew Merrick who was a storekeeper a shop owner in a, a Minnesota on a Minnesota Native American reservation back in the day um, and he fell on the wrong side of Native Americans after telling them that if they were hungry, they should just eat some grass. Basically, you know, there was a little bit of a food shortage at the time. Mm. The Native Americans were kicking off about it. Mm. Um, Andrew Merrick very rudely was like, you know, if you're hungry, you know, he was being a bit racist. He was essentially saying, you know, like, like, us whites need the food. If you're hungry, eat the grass. Yeah, just go and eat grass. He was found dead on the first day of the Dakota War of 1862 when they found him. He had lots of grass stuffed in his mouth. Mm. A warning there. A warning to anybody that should be so rude. Mm-hmm. You know, because essentially that was why he was killed, you know? And then they just shoved, you know, saying like, you eat some grass, mate. Mm. Now he's eating the grass. Yeah. You know he's eating the grass, geezer. Now he's eating the grass, Andrew. <laughs> okay. In 2014, a man was fined $48,000 by the 
by the FCC, for, for that's Federal Communications committee. Company or something like that. Yeah, committee, mm. that's it. For using a cell phone jammer every day on his commute to and from work because he couldn't stand um, motorists and people around him using their phones. Just used to really wind them up. Um, but then he was finally caught one day, and yeah, he was fined £48,000. Well, he was just kind of doing a service to humanity, really, though, yeah. wasn't he? Like, you know, you know, you do if you use your phone in your car, yeah. you're not concentrating on the road. That's it. You know, That's causing it. accidents. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, fair shout, really, fair mm. shout. And this is a nice little one. This is like a nice little heartwarming one. There's a man called Don Ritchie, an Australian man called Don Ritchie, who has saved the lives of at least 160 people. He does this by going to what's known as... Uh, uh, well, by Watson's Bay, right, in, in Australia, which is like basically like a suicide hotspot. Ah, okay. Right, and he's talked 160 people out of committing suicide at Watson's Bay um, simply by going up to them, offering them a cup of tea, and offering them someone to talk to. Mm. Um, once, obviously, the government got word of him literally saving over 160 people just by being they're basically just like essentially a lovely gentleman, he was awarded... The Medal of Order. The, me- <laughs> the Medal, Medal of, of Order. Order. That's what we would win. The Medal uh, of the Order of Australia. For his efforts. <laughs> the Medal of Order. <laughs> the Medal of Otter. It's like, it's like a mixture of the Medal of Honor and the Medal of Order. <laughs> and the Medal of Otter. Order of Australia. And the Medal of just being odd. Yeah. yeah. The Medal of Otter. Mm. Damn you brain. Yeah, he was awarded the, the Medal of the Order of Australia for his efforts. So that's, that's a nice heartwarming mm. one, isn't it? Mm. I also want to give a shout out, just just basically to put him into the mind of people, really, and just give recognition to this this awesome guy that's no longer with us. There was a scientist called John von Neumann, who was born in 1903 and passed away in 1957. Scientist John von Neumann could, by the age of eight, divide two eight-digit numbers in his head and converse in ancient Greek. He taught himself how to speak ancient Greek by the age of six. By the age of six? Yes. He published over 150 scientific papers during his lifetime and is considered by many to be among the most intelligent human beings to have ever existed. What was his name? Scientist John von Neumann. It's a shame that I've never heard of him. That's what. That's one of the reasons I just wanted to bring him up, mm. you know? is um just wanted to sort of bring him back into the consciousness. Do you remember we were talking... It was when I was helping you move the other day, actually. We were saying it in the van and we were talking about people that passed away in that... I think you were talking about your your granddad, mm. um, the one mm. that's um, you know your nan Pam, Granny Pam. She lives in the Isle of Man, doesn't mm. she? Mm. Oh man, um, but yeah, her her husband, your grandfather, passed away. Your mother's father. That's right, isn't it? Uh, stepfather. Your yeah. mother's stepfather. I thought mm. that might be the case. Mm. Um, that's why I paused. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you said that you like remembered his face, and I said that you know a lot a lot of people don't say that you you die when you when you physically die. You die when you're forgotten about. Mm. And that's why I wanted to mention him, really, because mm. I thought even if I can just get his name into the heads of, you know, even, yeah, look, even, him up. Even, look at the scientific even just one person, even if it's just mm. you, do mm. you know what I mean? Then that's that's awesome. Do you know what I mean? So for everybody that's listening to Pandora's box, and that's and then hopefully you know mm. you might tell somebody else as like a as like a nice little interesting fact or whatever. So mm. it's nice to a nice bit of recognition for obviously a, a great man, mm. you know, and a truly impressive man. 
Yeah, I think that with um, Nikola Tesla as well. Mm, like yeah, when of you course, think yeah. when you think of like, but more just because like when you think of how he met his end. Like apparently mm. he was very he was like destitute and he was mm. like living in a hotel, had no like family, mm. and just like was all like like shriveled and old in the hotel mm. and just like died like pretty lonely, you know. Yeah, and it's to think that he was one of the greatest minds of the time as well. Like with electricity, died penniless and, and that. Yeah, yeah, and didn't get recognition and. Well, I think he did get recognition. I think part of his his poverty was almost like self-imposed in a way, though. Mm. That doesn't mean that I think it's okay. He he also got like with that tower, you know, that massive the Mm. the the, um, tower that he built and everything. um, The Rockefeller um, Foundation wanted to actually use it as a weapon, so he Mm. he refused to to work on it, and then um, got almost like ousted by them because they obviously wanted him to they Mm. wanted to use it and everything, and they were paying for it all and everything. He's just like, we talked about one of the Rockefellers. Do you remember it was one? It was oh, the one that took the little girl to get eaten. No, 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 no. That was the Irish. That was the that was the that oh, was Jameson. The, that yes, was the Jameson's yeah. whiskey brand guy. Mm. Um, no, that was the, the Rockefeller guy. Michael, I think it was Michael Rockefeller was the one that got eaten by cannibals. Ah, that's it. I knew it was something to do with cannibalism. Savage. Mm. Yeah, I think it was. I think his name was Michael. Might have been Matthew, but I think it was Michael. Talked about it on the pod a couple of months ago. Mm. But yeah, anyway, scientist John von Neumann. You will live on in eternity as a friend of the pod. <laughs> you are a friend of the pod. Well, so I got a few here. Um, this is this is just like a nice little quirky one, really. There's um, an Italian restaurant in New York called the Enoteca Maria, and um, they don't employ any chefs. They employ grandmothers. Oh, nice. I mean, to be fair, you could say that the grandmothers are the chefs, but. Every day, a different grandma from around the world comes in and designs and cooks her own menu. Whoa, that's cool. Because in Italian culture... Ain't nothing like grandma's yeah, cooking. In Italian culture, like, your mama and your grandma, nothing beats mama and grandma's mm. cooking, eh? <laughs> you know? I love watching, um, little, like, you know, like, uh, did you see any of those um, shows where it's like, uh, Gordon Ramsay and Fred and I Gino. I didn't watch any of them, no. But my nan's told me about them and told oh, me. Oh man, I watch me and them. me and Josh both watched them. Well, not not together, but it just turned out that I watched them and then Josh watched them. And what was hilarious, man? Like no joke. You can just like I just was laughing. Me and Josh were laughing so much when we said this. Apparently, like like me and Em said when we were watching them that they were like. Em even said she was like, oh my god, she was like, this is like if you're like you and Josh and Drew went on like holiday summers, <laughs> and she was like, yeah, like Gino's like Drew and Josh is like Fred and you're like Gordon, and then and then me and Josh were like talking about it and we were talking about how good it was because it was like it was um they'd all gone around Greece and everything. Oh, wow. It was like that's the, the my favorite one was when they went to Greece and they were obviously all going all around Greece and they were cooking all these different Greek dishes and that and and then and me and I was talking about it and apparently like Claire and Josh said exactly the same thing. They were literally like, oh my god. It's like if like like Gino was was wear, like wearing some hilarious stuff and that like they went like scuba diving but like Fred and Gordon were just wearing like normal black ones and then Gino had this it was like I think it was like pink but then it had all these like weird patterns on and that and it was like you know and Gordon was like Gino what are you wearing <laughs> it's, like, it's just like so funny oh man I gotta watch them and they went to like where the original like Olympic games took place and they had like a little race around the track and like Gordon wore like a weight vest. And stuff like that, and um, Gino was just proper messing around and everything. It was mm. it was just proper comical, dude. But it was like it was it was a great, great. It's a great yeah, show. Yeah, have to watch that. You should watch it. Make sure you watch the Greek one because mm. that's awesome. Make sure you watch the Greek one. So good. But uh, yeah, it was, it was really funny. This is a, this is a this is a mental fact. 
This lady mm -hmm. was loco. Oh, right? loco, loco. There was a Japanese prostitute named Sada Abba that killed her lover after erotically asphyxiating him repeatedly until he eventually died. She then cut off his penis and testicles and then committed ne necrophilia with his severed schlong. After this, she went to jail where she wrote a book. <laughs> when she left jail, she became an actor and then eventually joined a nunnery. That's a weird mixture of things, isn't it? Mm. It's a weird mixture repent, of things. Repent. Yeah. I think this next one is almost like a somber tale. Almost like, it's a bit sad in a way, because it's like, it's almost like what happens after you achieve the greatest goal in your life. And it almost is like a somber tale, I think, and a sad one in a way. And I think it's almost like a good thing to remember that actually maybe your, your ambitions aren't the be-all and end of your life. It's more like necessarily like the communications you make, do you know what I mean? Your attachments, the people you love, and also like just the simple things in life that make you happy. But um, basically, it's shortly after returning from the moon, Buzz Aldrin had obviously achieved one of the greatest feats in humankind. Mm. You know, he was one of the first ever men, you know, along with um, Neil Armstrong, that to go to the moon. Mm. Um, it's an amazing feat in history. Like his name will be remembered for as long as human civilization exists. Mm. You know, because to be one of the first people that ever went to the moon is. Just insane, isn't mm. it? Do you know what I mean? That's, you're never going to forget that. He's on top that. He's going to be remembered the same first way. First person on Mars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's going to be remembered the same way that we all remember who Alexander the Great is, or Genghis Khan, or, or Julius Caesar. Because it's just you—you you can't not, you know. In, in a thousand years' time, people will know like that was mm. the first. These were the first guys. It went was to the, the first. But anyway, sadly, when he came back, he just really savagely fell into alcoholism and depression, like savage mm. depression. And he said he wanted to resume his duties, but there were no duties to resume. So he had no goal in life, no sense of calling, and no project worth pouring himself and his soul into. Hmm. So he just spent years really depressed and um, and became a savage alcoholic. That's brutal, isn't it? Yeah, that's terrible. To achieve such an amazing thing, but almost like the end result to be depression. Hmm. That's just savage, isn't I, it? I had a thought about this the other day, hmm. and like about getting older and growing mm. up and um obviously when you're younger you've got like this vitality like of, mm. of life and uh you Full and like and like oh the grass is always going to be greener mm. when i grow up when i get older and all of this yeah, stuff 100 man I, i've got this new fear that like comes up um uh, which what is, is this new fear which is like you know is basically that right, is, right. is 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 getting getting older like but like living more years but almost like getting dumber or something you know what mm. i mean like rather than because i think a part of a part of the thing that keeps you fresh and keeps you uh like vital when you're younger is learning like mm. you go to school you spend the whole first half of your life or not first half but like first yeah, quarter a, like a first pivotal part of your life yeah, like, a good like chunk. learning and and finding out new things and mm. doing new things and everything is new it's an adventure mm. you go you drive for the first time you it's like you, when bilbo went to arable yeah you do lots of things for the first time and and, and you don't want to lose that because if you lose that, you lose a bit of the vitality and the magic. And yeah, and like I, I do, I've got this fear of like losing the magic of that and then becoming something that's worse than when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? You never have to stop learning, though, dude. No, you, know, you never stop I think learning. It's, it's a pivotal, 
pivotal. It's very important to to do no, yeah, that. It's you know? yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's pivotal. It's, uh, yeah, it's very important, man. Yeah, mm. it's um no, no, I, I agree, but I think I think I don't think that has to be the case. As I said, I think. Um, it's up to you whether you stop learning. Mm. You can learn every day, and there's always skills to improve upon. Yeah, you know, and, as, and as I long as, as, long as well. you're doing things, you're improving, yes. whether you want to or not. Yeah, as long as you do it's, stuff. And it's weird though how, like, as humans, like we can fall out of the habit of something that mm. we know is good for us, mm. and then um, that will that will put that that will make make you worse off than you were. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the and like mm. that that's something that I find. I was thinking about it the other day. Like when we were driving down um, uh, to the house, like the house and stuff, and mm. we were talking about um, talking about stuff and 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 like there were certain things that I was doing, say like practices or like when you said about meditation today and mm. things and certain things that you do to keep you. Um, I don't know that that you've got to no, do no, every you're day right. and no, you've you're got right. to keep yeah. going. But yeah. it's so easy to because you want to do the easy thing to not do it. I think. I think and then you know mm. it can it can have a detrimental effect on you. I think for me the most important thing is, and it sounds almost like funny at the start, but I really am being serious. Like it's it's not to be gluttonous. Yeah. No, no, like what I mean by that yes, is like totally, do, do not be totally. a, do not be a slave to your wants. Mm. Like um, you know, and, and what I basically mean by that is you know when it's saying like Buzz Aldrin fell into alcoholism, like don't depend on things like alcohol or cigarettes or things like that or drugs to get you through the day. Or it mm. could just be like donuts. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like like there's men- there's plenty of things that you can pour yourself into that are really positive and mm. beneficial to you, which will have the same effect as the alcohol or the drugs yeah. or the cigarettes or the donuts. Done but, to a different way. But it's mm. it's there's more, more than positive. investment doesn't have to be financial. Mm. Investment can be your health. It could be intelligence. It could be mm. emotional. So invest in yourself. Mm. A workout today is an investment in my health ten years down the line. Yeah, uh, workout so ten, yes. ten years for ten years. Investment, yeah, and, and I'm and I'll be a help. I'll be helpful to my family. If somebody I know is moving house or needs something, I'm useful. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because it, I've invested in myself physically, mm. so I can do things easily physically. Mm. Whereas, I mean, it's crazy almost for me to think. I think it's easy to forget sometimes when you're like a pretty fit and strong person. But um, the fact that like some people like find it hard to even like stand or walk. Yeah, I mean, we're like, I yeah. mean, obviously it's not their fault. But then it's like, you know, if, if push comes to shove, then you're not going to be useful in certain situations. And obviously, mm. I'm not, you know, it's nothing against people that can't because most of the time, it's, it's people haven't done that to themselves. Mm. But I'm just saying, you want, you know, just whether it's and this is just a small example, but whether it's keeping yourself physically fit or making sure that you're in an emotionally good state mm. or just like learning pick up a hobby it could be an instrument it could be art it could be researching philosophy or getting into science or it could be anything man yeah. take up sewing yeah. take, you know what i mean like you know take start gardening getting yeah. into gardening you know, it could be anything yeah. you know but it's, you know it's um i think things like that like little investments in yourself that will make you happy in the long run yes yeah, and no one's ever gonna. They, could, know. they yeah. could seem hard at the time to try and do something. Yeah, but but choosing the easy way sometimes will leave you in a worse state than doing making yeah. just making that start that little effort of doing yeah. it. That's a, that's an investment in yourself for the future, you know. And and I think one of the may, maybe some people, super academic people, one of the biggest frustrations frustrations in life might be that regardless of how much you research and learn, you're never gonna know anything. But it's also one of the one of the 
most almost calming things to know. Yeah, because you never run out of stuff to learn. (laughs) You're never going to, you know, you're like what you were saying originally was your fear. Yeah. It's almost like realizing that that doesn't have to ever be the case. No, just by making certain choices. You could, Mm. you could try, you could make it your life task to try and find out everything and that would never happen. Yeah. Even if we lived to be 10,000 years old, it would never happen. Mm. The universe is ever expanding, ever changing. Yeah. Exactly. On that note, we've come to the end of another Pandora's box. That was a nice little philosophical one I thought today. <laughs> it's nice just having a bit more, you know, a nice chat and everything like that. So thanks to everyone that's been chilling with us this evening. You are all a friend of the pod. Have a great week, and we will see you next time on Dragon Ball Z. No, mm-hmm. Pandora's box. Cheers, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>